All right, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, and on today's menu for the first episode of the year 2021. Yes, the first episode of the year, as well as the first episode of Biden's administration, (laughs) Uh, is episode 32. It is Cold Case Killer or Innocent Teenage Girl. We called from the last episode or episode, excuse me, the last episode of season two. We were continuing on with our discussions of A&E's documentary series called Accused. Innocent or guilty, right? Accused, Am I saying it right? Guilty or innocent. Oh, accused, guilty or innocent, where they discuss various cases um, dealing with um, folks in the criminal justice system. And so we are on episode four of that series, which is our episode 32, Cold Case Killer or Innocent Teenage um, Girl. But before we go into the facts of the case, um, let's do a quick check in. Denise. What are you drinking on over there at the cafe in Virginia Beach? I am drinking on some water with lemonade. I mean, water with lemon, so lemonade. <laughs> water with lemon with no ice. That water look hot. Uh-uh, it's cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I'm serving the turtles. I'm saving, actually, the turtles. So we purchased with the metal- some. Yep. Metal straws over there. That's yep. where the money is going. We actually. I see you got a new. You got a new little microphone over I there, know. looking artificial. We are moving on up. I mean, we must be making some money. Although I don't see it coming into my my check. It's going to the infrastructure of the organization. I guess. You, you got to invest it to the business in order to profit for the individuals involved. The, we, we, we're not Wall Street here. Gotcha, now, gotcha. one thing is you need to stop hitting that I microphone. Know. Because <laughs> I'm not keep... used to this. <laughs> I'm used to my white headphones. All right. And over here at the official cafe, I am also... And my mason jar right there. Look at that. Look at that camera. Look at that camera. Boom, boom, boom. Over here drinking some ice water. And notice all that ice up I in there. I was going to say. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> that is just Ready. ice, not water. Ready for you. Ice water. <laughs> so as this conversation gets hot and heated, the ice will melt and create more H2O. Okay. How about that? Mm. Moving right on. All right. Um, so... <clears throat> We um, so before we go into the episode, let's just say we are also doing some new exciting things. Um, I'm excited about the introduction of our newsletter. The newsletter is going to be called The Shot. Um, we are also changing um, how often we record and produce and release episodes. Before um, we were doing bi weekly. Um, and so technically I was calling it the Fortnite podcast because Fortnite means every two weeks. Uh, <laughs> did you know that? No. Okay. Yeah. Fortnite means every two weeks, basically. So we are now going to do weekly. Um, so I'm putting some, some pressure on Miss Denise over there to, um, be prepared to, to do some topics and do some recordings. I'm going to need to um, start getting some money. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to add a, se- a section in there called um, Straight Up No Chaser. Um, and so Straight Up No Chaser is every other week um, where one of us, two of us, or whoever is involved, is really just an open, honest 
discussion about something okay. that is going on. Um, and it's all about being honest, straightforward, to the point. Um, and so it's going to be fun. It's going to be challenging, um, but a good challenge. And so I'm for forcing myself to um, be a little more transparent about things that I'm feeling or um, I'm experiencing because ultimately this is what this is about, being vulnerable, being open, mm -hmm. um, having great conversations. So yeah, look out for Straight Up No Chaser um, that would be coming out every other week. All right. Are you excited about that? I am. Right. So here's what I want to do. <clears throat> okay. Okay, that is a shot. I am taking a shot for the people right now. And let me tell you why I'm taking a shot. I'm taking a shot um, against those individuals. So recently, just the other day, there was this whole issue with GameStop um, getting up. There was a group in Reddit who created this momentum, this inertia um, of folks, regular day folks who decided to change the game on Wall Street and created a process where GameStop technically went up almost like 300 and something mm -hmm. points, right? And folks made good money from this. Um, and I would say that there were a lot of um, high up and mighty folks who normally are on Wall Street making a lot of money all the time. They were really pissed. Um, and I am going to take the shot here and salute to those individuals who change the game because oftentimes it requires small folks to come in and make the game change a little differently. Um, I feel like we are so quick to like jump on the bandwagon of all these folks who are already famous and we promote all this stuff and re-promote these things and we get pissed when someone else, the small man, come in and make a change. So I am taking a shot to the people who... Um, Changed the game on Wall Street, made some money, and I wish I was in that Reddit subgroup so I would have been um, making some money and celebrating because I had a, a rain in in my bank account. So, salute. That's how you say it, right? In Espanol? Salute. Salute to those folks. Mm. 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 Salute to you. Ah, to them. All right. So let's move on to the topic. So this is episode 32, Cold Case Killer or Innocent Teenage Girl. Denise, you want to tell the people what we're talking about today? Yes. So this is um, a crime that occurred in 2009 in the city of Chattanooga, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Good old Chattanooga, Tennessee. I don't know no one from there. but I don't all, either. My family history is in... Um, Martin, Tennessee. So that's my connection to Tennessee. Um, but go ahead. No relation to the case. So no, no relation to the case. But Tennessee. I mean, I was, I was trying to, you know. <laughs> go ahead. Um, and so this is uh, Angel Bumpass, who is being accused of again of a crime that occurred in 2009 when she was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And how old is she now at the time that we see this documentary? I think this is. Um, if it happened in 2009, this happened in 2017. I don't know. That's eight years. Eight years. Mm -hmm. So she was 21, 22? Somewhere 21, 22 at the time that um, the documentary is ongoing. The crime occurred when she was allegedly 13, 2009. But we're fast forwarding to 2017 where we are seeing some of the events that are taking place in regards to her criminal um, case. Go ahead. Yes. Sorry. Um, and so now, again, she's a 21-year-old with two kids. 
Um, and so the episode starts with a 911 call from the wife of the victim. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's on the phone saying something is wrong with him. She's home. My husband is tied up. He's not breathing. He has duct tape. So he was duct taped to a chair. He, he was duct taped to the chair, right? And he had duct tape also in his nose and mouth. Yeah, but you, you, you're kind of being a little too newscastery for that. I mean, th- let's talk about how it opened. When it opened, we got we have a person who is in pure agony. Do you basically. actually want me to? to yeah, we try to reenact it. Okay, let's well, see if let's, you could do let's it. Let's see if I can do let's it. Let's get this personality together. Come on. Oh, listen! I always tell my kids I could have been an actress, so I got this. All right, let me hear. Okay, let's see. How does it open? <laughs> There's something wrong with my husband. No, that's you sound like one of those Korean uh, shows you've been watching. No, that is inaccurate. Listen, that's let not me ha- tell you something. My Korean people don't we'll, do this. We'll, we'll turn back to that, okay? That woman, it was like 911. She was in stress. She was like, Somebody's, please, something wrong. My husband, help. I came home, my husband tied up. He's not breathing. Help me, help me. That's how she sounds. Listen, I don't think that's important right now. I think the <laughs> <laughs> so the people get under. Look, these some of these folks are not looking at it; they're just listening to our interpretation of what's going on. So she was in distress. She was like, I mean, "Get somebody body here." Obviously, to, she finds to, she comes home, finds her husband tied up. Anyone would be in distress unless you really don't care for your husband. Yeah, but your acting it sucked. I would have fired you immediately. Next <laughs> actress, please come through the door and rehearse. Anywho. So <laughs> again, ahead. it starts with a phone call from the wife of the victim you know stating that he is she just found him the way she found him mm-hmm. um, he was duct, t- duct taped to a chair yes fully duct taped right and he it, had it, it in his mouth and his on nose. his mouth and his nose on his arms were duct taped his yes. feet were duct taped to a, a chair and when you see when the the series open um with the phone call from the wife and i and and let me just be clear i'm not making light of the fact that someone um, had a someone was a victim of crime. I was just trying to express um, the sense of urgency that the wife mm-hmm. had, um, when had, had when she was calling 911 and the tape that was being recorded on that time. By the way, I don't know if you all see this, but we also have a new microphone on this side. This is a sure microphone. I am coming for all those official like podcasters out there like the Joe Rogans and like the let me let me let me just bring this in because like we all right, look at this. Mm-hmm. And don't this right here is just a bracelet that oh, says Peeps. Uh, look, I was Peeps like, what? <laughs> this is the this is the Peeps Creek bracelet. I have Actually, on my I should do the same and put yeah, my Peeps uh, Creek in there. Exactly. All right. Um, but going back to the to the episode there. Um, so um, So the the victim is a 68-year-old man named Franklin Bonner, um, who, as Denise said, he was duct taped over, he had duct tape over his nose, over his mouth, causing causing him to suffocate. So this is a murder, right? Um, And so the the victim dies um, as a result of suffocation due to the fact that the duct tape was over his mouth, over his nose. and so he was bound to the chair, and the case went cold. This it happened did. in 2009. Um, and so how did this case 
coming to fruition? I mean, was the, the, the Chattanooga police like out here seriously investigating this? How did we get to the point in 2017 when we are now um, in the courtroom with Ms. Angel Bumpus? Well, I guess we can assume they weren't since, since it went cold, right? Because had they really been doing their job, it wouldn't have gone cold for 10 years. But it so just happens that she gets a ticket for speeding and mm-hmm. she fails to appear to court. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a warrant out for her arrest. Yep. So they, you know, find her, bring her in. They fingerprint her. Mm-hmm. And the minute they fingerprint her, they, they realize that she's wanted in this case back in 2009, in this murder case. Wow. Is she wanted or does her fingerprints pop up to show that she... that? It appears as if, sorry, I was fixing my light. It appears as if her fingerprints were related to evidence that was picked up at the crime scene. The second. She was not wanted. It just appears that her fingerprints are fingerprints that were found on the crime scene that happened back in 2009. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's going to be brought in for questioning. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 13. And so keep in mind, people, at the time we have the 68 year old victim and then she was only 13, 13 at the time that this happened. So keep that in mind. Yep. Um, go ahead. Um, so. But she and, 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 and let's be clear that uh, the crime occurred in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but where she had a failure to appear was where? Uh, that I actually they don't indicate whether it was in Tennessee or if it was where she's currently living but yeah. we do know that at the start of the the episode she is no longer living in Chattanooga Tennessee in fact she is no l- longer residing in the state of Tennessee she's actually in Kentucky at this right. time right all right um, um go ahead so i i the reason why I kind of stopped a little was because I, I kind of wanted to say what she's being charged with. Yeah, go ahead. Because it's a, a felony murder mm-hmm. with especially, wait, I'm sorry, felony murder, aggravated, and robbery. She's, she's charged with felony murder and aggravated robbery. There we go. Right. Um, And maybe they have something there that says with special circumstances. I don't know if it's this particular episode or not. Okay, so let's just quickly break down what felony murder is. So most people probably have not heard of that concept. That concept stems from common law. Common law, for those of you out there, is where um, when we first when I say we, when folks in America, um, where folks decide to come and migrate to good old America and set foot on the land um, here in in America um, and take from um, Native Americans because basically that's what happened because they were already here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But established themselves separate from England, right? The, the, the crown. Um, There were certain things that was brought over and some of those concepts was a legal perspective. And so these are crimes that occur and during common law before um, the more, current um, system of the legal systems that we have in place now, the books that we have, the the statutes that we have in place. Now, with respect to felony murder, that is this. It means that in the process of me, in the commission of a crime, that's a felony, that someone dies as a result of that, okay? It doesn't necessarily, or 
or dies during the duration of whatever felony that I'm committing. So let me put this in perspective. It's not that you're necessarily going in with the intent to kill someone. It's not necessarily meant that you are physically doing something to kill someone, right? So let me give you a very clean example. Let's say, for instance, that I I decide that I want to do a robbery of this house. I rob, I go in, break in, break in and entering. Um, and then I rob someone in the process. The lady comes downstairs. She She's older. She has some heart issues. And because she sees an intruder at her house in the middle of the night, she gets scared and she dies of a heart attack. I can be charged for felony murder, even though I personally didn't touch the lady. I personally didn't necessarily cause her to die. But in the process, in the commission of that crime, she dies as a result of that. Then I could be charged with felony murder. So that's basically what happened. So in this sense, um, whoever robbed um, Mr. Bonner. Um, and at this point, we we know for a fact, because we talk about this case, that Angel Bumpus has been accused of the murder, right? Or at least participated in the murder, <clears throat> felony murder. Um, that he died in the commission of that, that felony, that fel- felony being the robbery, right? Because she's been accused also of aggravated, it's aggravated robbery? Mm-hmm. It says aggravated. I don't know why I put especially, but it says especially aggravated and robbery. Yeah. Um, And so that is what she's been charged with. So remember, we talked about very early on how he was found, duct taped all around his body, his mouth, his nose. The coroner determined that it was the the duct tape that suffocated suffocated him Mm -hmm. and caused his death. Okay. So officiate, officiate, officiate. Due to duct tape And because she was in the process of Allegedly in the process of A felony She's been charged with felony murder Sorry, long explanation But that's what it is All right, continue And I think it's important to mention The fact that you you say robbery Because they found the home ransacked So there were items all You know, around However you say it Around the house and whatnot Um, But there is a co-defendant. So she's not the only one that's going to be tried for this murder. They have a co-defendant. And who is that? Mallory Vaughn. How how does he become implicated in this? Well, his lovely cousin, who's apparently in jail. um, Mm -hmm. Jailhouse snitch. Jailhouse snitch says Mm -hmm. that Mallory confessed to him that he actually killed this person. Correct. So that is all the evidence. Is there any fingerprints for Mallory? No. None no fingerprints, right? Now, we'll talk about some of the evidence that was uncovered, but let me make this very clear that this is a robbery and the house was ransacked, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> that means shit was strewn all over the place. Right. And there is no fingerprints on any other evidence in that house that connects Mallory or Angel. Correct. Right? So there's no no fingerprints on any of the items in the house, any of the home um, structures, the drawers, the furniture that was strewn about. No fingerprints come back and connect Angel Bumpus to that, right? Correct. All right. So um, what we do find out is that there are certain pieces of evidence that's uncovered um, and in this crime, the crime scene investigation, and that includes fingerprints on the duct tape, okay? Angel, there were uh, at least nine other fingerprints. Let, let's get this out there. Nine other fingerprints 
on the crime scene, particularly on the duct tape, that are unaccounted for. So we don't know who they belong to. We know they don't belong to Angel. Right. We know they don't belong to her co-defendant, Mallory. Right? We know that they don't know who those nine pieces or those nine fingerprints belong to. What we do know is that there's two exhibits in this trial that are pivotal um, in regards to Angel Bumpus. And the whole reason that we talk about Angel Bumpus is Exhibit 14 and Exhibit 18. Exhibit 14 is the fingerprints that is on the leg area of the chair, on the outside of the duct tape, right? That, one of the fingerprints there comes back, matches Angel, right? There's another exhibit, Exhibit 18. That is one of the duct tapes that were taken away from the victim's mouth. But where is that fingerprint um, in the evidence, Denise? It's on the sticky side of the duct tape. Right. So it's important for you all to listen to that. It's on the sticky side of the duct tape, not the outside, not the gray part. Anybody know anything about duct tape? Because I, I used to use duct tape all the time in Detroit. Me we too. use it for everything. We use it to fix antennas. We use it to put yep. on our vehicles. When, when the bumper was down, it was there. When your curtain rod was bent and you ain't had that time that to go tape. and to Shoppers World, because back then we had no Walmart. Do you know we have it Shoppers le- World here, right? Now? Yes. I go there oh, all no, the time. I didn't know that. Yes. I thought they were closed. No, no. No, they have them yeah. in New York and here. Oh, yeah. So back home, you had that Shoppers World. Shoppers World was closed or it was, you know, you ain't had time to get there. You couldn't get the Jitney. And most of y'all don't even know what a Jitney no, is. what but is this that? <laughs> a Jitney is for folks who ain't have no car, right? And so instead of calling the cab, because the cab, they cost too much. There were folks in the neighborhood who would use their vehicle, almost like Uber and Lyft, but they didn't have the little system. See, this is how Uber and Lyft... Probably got this idea now. <laughs> but we used to pay people who were in the neighborhood who would use the car and take it someplace, particularly if you had groceries and you go to the market and then you need to, you got these bags and you don't want to walk, you get the Jitney because he's out in the parking lot. He's just waiting to pick up someone. Jitney. Yeah. So, Jitney. Jitney. That must be a Detroit thing. Yeah. You pay the Jitney, you go there. So, you use duct tape, you put it in, put those curtains up. Mm-hmm. It was all fine. People didn't have, people didn't question it, right? You <laughs> you take all kind of videos and in the back of the video or the back of the picture, you see that duct tape. Oh and ain't God, nobody yes. saying shit about that because that is commonplace, okay? But when you touch that, when you touch duct tape on the sticky side, you know it is hard mm-hmm. to move away from that piece like um and so her fingerprints were were found on the sticky side on one of the duct tapes exhibit 18 that was around the victim's mouth right yes again let's make it clear in case somebody is just tuning in um Mm -hmm. the case is about angel bump bump has who's Mm -hmm. being accused of a crime that occurred in 2009 when she was 13 years old yep um the only evidence they have against her is these fingerprints on that tape and mm-hmm. then they have a co-defendant with her that, mind you, neither Mallory nor her actually know each other. So they, they don't know who each other is. They've never seen each other, met each other or whatnot. They have no evidence for Mallory other than the fact that his cousin, who's in jail, snitched and said that Mallory confessed of the murder. Correct. So. All right. And that is uh, that's where we are. All right. So and 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 and. Um, we meet Angel Bumpus. She is currently a mother of two. Um, we don't know how old they are. They have to be, they're toddlers. They have to be anywhere between two, two, three, maybe. two, three, maybe four of that. We don't find their age. We don't find their names. But it does appear as if she's a single mother. Yes. Right? And we do find out that the reason she left 
or the reasons that she's in Tennessee is that she left Tennessee um, and went to Kentucky to live with family friends because um, her mother is in jail, has been in jail since she was about six. Her father has never really been a a factor in her life, at least as she tells the story. Right. So we only we only have that. We don't hear from the father, right? She, her grandparents, and what we don't know if this is her paternal or maternal grandparents, but we know that her grandparents, she does not have a great relationship specifically. I think specifically she indicates she does not have a good relationship with her grandma. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I, I definitely agree. And I'm going to put money out ahead. that she, that it's paternal because the grandmother is Shirley Bumpass. So, well, unless she didn't have her dad's last name, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, she seemed African-American to me. What are what, you trying to say? The father so ain't African-American? No, I would say that it's probably more, more likely than not maternal. Um, because Hispanic families tend to take the last name of their father, whether they're no, no, there no, or no. not. I'm sorry. What I'm saying is that it, her, she's Angel Bumpess. The grandmother is Shirley Bumpess. So unless they didn't give her the father's last name and because he didn't sign a birth certificate or something and she only has her mother's last name, I'm assuming these are her paternal grandparents. Meaning her father's? Yes. Which is what I'm saying. I I don't agree. I think it's her maternal. I think it's her mama. Well, for the record, guys, we don't know. Okay, We're we don't know one way or the other. Okay, we just over here speculating. But uh, you know, fam- Hispanic families tend to give their last name That's to right. the, from the father because they think it's important, what have you. Black people ain't both. doing that. We need both. We need our, our well, father bl- and mother last name. Mm-mm. Black. That's folks how ain't our doing birth that. certificate is, and no. that's how our kids Black- will be too. Ma'am, ma'am, let me just say the circumstance. Evidence tells me that it's the mother's um, parents because she said her father was never in the picture. So we ain't giving him we ain't giving him no shine, no light by giving her, her the last name. Okay, move it on. They ain't yeah, got nothing to do with on, the case. Because this guy's nothing okay. to do with the case. <laughs> All right. So she lives in Kentucky. We find out she has to drive 300 miles in order to meet her lawyer mm-hmm. to discuss the case because the case is still being held in Tennessee. What we also find out is that they're charging her with felony murder, aggravated robbery. But even though the trial... Even though the crime occurred when she was 13, they are charging her as an adult. Right. Okay. And go ahead. I was just going to say the, the fact that this case had caused her to lose her job and apparently lose the apartment that she was in as well. So not only is right. she having to drive to these attorneys that are so far away, you know, she, her income is really tight right now because she lost exactly. the job and, and the house. Right. So she lost the apartment because of the allegations. And, and keep in mind, she was not convicted. It was just allegations right. at the time. But she lost apartments because of that housing. She lost jobs as a result of that. And she has to drive four hours one way to go and talk to her lawyers, to talk to her lawyers to prepare for her case. This isn't just going for the trial. Like she is driving to go and prepare for her case. Okay. So we go, we get to scenes, we meet her lawyers. There are two lawyers. I don't know if they're public defenders. I don't think so because there are in, uh, it looks like a private office. There's two individuals. There's a female, there's a male. I didn't catch their names because quite frankly, go ahead. Andrea Hayduk. Mm-hmm. And Garth Bess from, and the the name of the well, we don't even want to say the name. They don't even deserve that shit. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know why you're going into the names. Okay, so we meet them, and what we find out is that Angel says, first of all, Mallory, who? 
Because I've never heard of Mallory. Right. I've never seen him, never heard of him, never met him day in my and life. She doesn't say it like that, guys. He's just I know. exaggerating. Okay, but basically, like, who the fuck is this guy? I've never seen this guy. Never heard of him. We don't hang she in the same very, circles. We got the same friends. She sounded very, as a very smart young lady. She was, yeah. but she was very clear that she had no connection with this yes. person and she never met him. Okay. The victim, she's very clear. She's never been in this house. Right. She's never seen the house. She does not know the victim. She s- looked at some of the crime scene pictures. We see her in the office with her attorneys and she says there's absolutely, I, I've never been here. I've never seen this right. place. And her attorneys are asking her and telling her about the evidence that's against her, these two fingerprints. And basically what they want to know is, well, how did you, how did, how did your fingerprints get, get there? there? Yeah. And she says, I don't know. Right? That is that is the the extent of her understanding about this crime, right? Um, and so let me ask this question. When you saw her, Denise, did you get the sense that she was like telling the truth about it or what? No, since the beginning, since I started, you know, I'm I'm a person that and the, and get, the kids turn that phone off, please. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The kids will tell you. I, I tend to immediately look at some at you know someone's eyes just because I tend to want to see are you being honest with me or not because she thinks she's some kind of I do. I witch think doctor exactly I think I'm a witch so you know that's the first thing I started looking only because I felt like wow you were 13 years old could you have the mind to even do a crime like that you know so it's not that I looked at her and immediately felt that she had done the crime. I just felt she was hiding certain things. Like she just wasn't being truthful about, you know, certain things that were being mentioned. So like what? Like give an example. Like what what did you think that she was hiding? You think she knew more about the crime than what she led on? Yes. I think that she knew something. I don't. Do you think she was involved? I don't think she was involved, but do I think she knows something about this crime? I do. I don't think she lied when she said, I don't know who Mallory is. I think she was being very truthful when it came to that because her body language said it. I, I don't know who he is, you know, and it wasn't like she was. Because you're an investigator. Yes. You do all this no, for a living. No, I'm a witch. Don't forget mm, that. But right. um, And I don't think she was not being truthful either when she said, I didn't know that house, you know, again, it's a 13 year old. We don't really be thinking of knowing this 68 year old man. Why would I even know this 68 year old man? So I don't think she was not being truthful about that. But there was certain her her body language at times just told me, like, she knows more. And I don't understand why she's not being truthful, because this can help her case, you know, like. Just say everything because you have two kids you need to think of. So that's how I felt at times looking at her body language, looking at her facial expressions, just looking at how she would answer certain questions and, and whatever. Okay. So, but, but what we do know is that what she tells her lawyers is that she does not know the co-defendant. Right. She does not know the victim. She does not know the house. The house at all. Um, and so she says all that. Now, here's what we do know at this particular point is that what she what she says, s- excuse me, sorry. What she says is that was Davion coming to fill my water, but I, I, I don't know. The cat must have really loved I don't to know see if that him. was the cat or his friends on FaceTime. Uh-uh, that on. was the cat. Oh. Um, but what we do know um, is that um, her fingerprints are there. Right. 
Okay, we, we we get that. We have two fingerprints that's in the crime scene. Now, um, she goes on, she t- starts talking to her lawyers, and basically what she asked her lawyers at one particular point when she comes in, and she was like, I want to know what your defense is. Right. Like, what's the defense of this case? Now, and what her lawyer says is that we're not putting on an affirmative defense. So for those of you who don't know what an affirmative defense is, that means that you are saying that there was justification or a reason, A, for the crime or for the action. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, if she was saying, I was in fear of my life and so I had to kill him, that's self-defense. That's an affirmative defense, right? Or an affirmative defense is, I wasn't there, I have an alibi, Right. That means that the affirmative defense is you have the wrong person. I couldn't have been there. There's no way I could have done the crime. So what her lawyers is saying is that we don't have any of that. We're not saying any of that. All we saying is, is that there is a justification. And that justification is, is that there is a reason why your fingerprints are there, but is not related to the crime, basically, is what I get. Do you disagree with that assessment? No. All right. So, but here is the kicker, people. So we, we've been doing a lot of talking about this case, but here's the kicker on this case, okay? When the crime was investigated in 2009, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right around That's the time this happened. That's my son was born. Mm. Now, uh, what's, who? My Dorian. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Not connected to gays, people. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but when... Um, the case was initially investigated around the time where the crime occurred. Mm-hmm. So this is when stuff was fresh. Who was the prime suspect, suspect at that time? Angel's grandmother, Shirley Angel's Bumpus. mother freaking grandma, Shirley Bumpus. Okay. And what made, what made her the prime suspect at that time? Well, the... Um the the police that that was investigating the crime you know i guess when they when they came to the crime scene and got his stop phone. hitting the microphone i'm so sorry i was actually trying to get my cover out of there um so when the police was at the crime scene and i guess they were going through stuff and whatnot they got his phone they got mr bonner's phone and they seen that the last call that was on the phone was to shirley shirley bumpus so they contact her and she claims that at that time, back in 2009, when they were investigating it, that she had communicated with him because they were doing a transaction of, he, he, I guess he was um, selling her. <laughs> Wait, did she say transaction like this is some kind of contract? Like she was going there to do. Uh... Yeah, they were doing a transaction. Ain't that what happens when you do that? It's a transaction. <laughs> Yeah, she was going to sell, uh, apparently going to get buy, marijuana, yes, from him. buy marijuana from Mr. Mr. Bonner. Bonner. Uh, yeah, this is, the ladies and gentlemen, this is before I know Obama was in the office in 2008. But this was before he, I think the Department of Justice issued that memo that says, look, we can't tell you that marijuana is legal. Okay? But what we can tell you is that from a federal level, we ain't prosecuting it. Okay. But state still was able to do whatever they wanted to do. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so um, I guess it's important to mention the fact that uh, Shirley knew, which again, Shirley is the grandmother. She knew the Bonners, right? She knew the husband um, because her husband, which is Angel's grandfather, worked at their house as a maintenance person. So he would help. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop. I think people need to understand this connection. Okay. Two thousand nine. The handyman. Shirley Bumpus, who's the grandma? Was the last phone call mm-hmm. 
to the victim. Franklin did. Or got. And at the, at the time, she says that she contacted him for marijuana. Mm, I think you it's marijuana. It. Okay. The crime scene involves a robbery. An attempted robbery, yes. No, not no attempted robbery. It was a robbery because there was stuff all strewn apart and all that. That was one of the charges, right? I know. It, it, don't, it don't mention. Okay, so. It didn't say attempted robbery. It no, says no, no. My aggravated is, robbery. But If it was an attempted robbery, that would be the charge. It was not attempted Mr. robbery. Mr. Lawyer, can you shut yes. up for a minute so I can ask my question? <laughs> <laughs> my yeah, question I is, I, I'm assuming they say aggravated because of the fact that someone got murdered? Is that why it's called aggravated, aggravated robbery? Is, aggravated robbery doesn't necessarily mean that. The reason, remember, that someone was murdered, that got the felony murder. Okay, so what's aggravated? Aggravated robbery means that there is something that occurred during, that, during the commission of that crime that elevated it to more, a more egregious state. So let's say that aggravated robbery could be that I flashed a gun mm-hmm. instead of just coming to you and say give me your motherfucking money i show you a gun right because i show you the gun i brandish a weapon that would then more likely to not elevate it to aggravated robbery so in this sense because obviously he was tied up in the chair with the duct tape and all of that that made it from a normal robbery of just going and take to Aggravated to the sense that someone else, something was involved where there was something that elevated that from a normal robbery to an aggravated robbery. And so while we don't know what the prosecution was thinking, I think the evidence, at least as presented on the um, documentary, shows that because he was he was duct taped to the chair, um, obviously he was held hostage. Right. Um, And so therefore that got that to the level of being aggravated. Yeah, I only said attempted because they really don't go into details as to. Yeah, was but there it wasn't charged. You can't say because you you'll be misleading the people. Okay. okay the charge was not attempted robbery. The charge no, was never, aggravated I never robbery. Said, I said, I never said that was a charge. I was clear when I said the charge was felony murder, especially mm-hmm. aggravated mm-hmm. something. But mm-hmm. I I said attempted robbery because <clears throat> throughout the whole episode. They don't mention was anything, you know, taken. Know. I actually don't, don't. I'm not a lawyer. She don't know. But don't since you mentioned what the prosecution, you know, were alleging and whatnot, or what you thought the prosecution, because they didn't mention that either. But <laughs> it is important to detail the fact that the crime actually happened between 2 to 4 p.m. Okay, and why is it okay? So let's let's talk about some of the evidence. I think this you get into a, 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 a important part, part right? Mm-hmm. So we mentioned that the grandma was the prime suspect at that time. We don't know why she wasn't arrested. We don't know why that investigation faltered. We don't know what happened. Okay. The documentary doesn't do a very good job of that. And I think that's something that it should have did, particularly with this particular case. But putting that aside, because I'm not an executive producer or a producer, right. <laughs> except for this show here. Or Peach the Creek. lawyer in the case the and podcast. whatnot. But all right. So, yes, yeah, true to that. Um, so. We then find out as they are, they being the defense is preparing for Angel Bumpus' defense. They talk about the fact that at the time she was allegedly in school, mm-hmm. right? And where she lived, she didn't have a vehicle and neither did Mallory. I would hope right? not. She's 13 years old. 
Exactly. And so the only way that she could get to the crime scene was to be dropped off from the school bus and then walk to the crime, um, which will be the crime scene, which would be a 45 minute walk. Mm -hmm. Right. And that will only give her 15 minutes to tie this person up with duct tape. Now, overpower this man who is 68 and she's 13. Overpower this man. Wrap him completely up in duct tape, basically. Put it over his mouth. Shrill. Throw everything in the house array, right? And by the way, not get, not get fingerprints on anything else in the house but the duct tape, right. because that's that's as a as a criminal, that's what I really want to do is just get my fingerprints all on that duct tape, right? Um, and be out, and no one sees her. Like she, in order for her to do the crime, she then walks out the house and walks freely down the street without there being any witnesses. Pinpointing her or placing her at the scene in crime, and so, not just her, Mallory, because Mallory, Mallory he's exactly. a co-defendant, so he's, the he's co-defendant. supposed to have exactly. been there with her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's why that's important to mention. Exactly. Now, and we 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 see some of the things that the process, the defense does to try to um, get her defense, and one of the things that they do is that they go and talk to the grandma. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you want to describe that interaction with the grandmother who, by the way, in 2009 was the prime suspect. I'm going to keep saying that. Go ahead. Well, the grandma was a bitch. (laughs) She had an (laughs) attitude since she saw them coming. (laughs) The grandmother was a bitch. That's not a legal term, people. That is Denise's personal opinion opinion about it. (laughs) And the lawyer was, I'm not going to say the word. But she was scared of her because she was the entire time like, so, Miss Shirley, so if we call you to the stand, bitch, nah, Miss Shirley, you were the last fucking person that he called. But anyhow, so she now denies having any contact with the victim. So she, she, she denies having the conversation right, with she the police about it. doesn't even remember saying that they were doing a transaction or whatever you want to call it. Right. And she she disavows any knowledge of the telephone number that she had at that time. Oh, yeah. She doesn't even know. She's had so many numbers that she, she just doesn't so know. She has so many numbers. There's absolutely no way that I can remember that number. And I'm thinking, and the thing about, uh, I, you know, the, the, the defense is just like, okay, no. And I would have been like, first of all, before I went to her, I would have written try to pull those records okay let's try to connect these numbers let's do some research let's go back and try to figure out whether or not she had this telephone number how did the police get this yep. telephone number obviously they knew at some point and i would have put in her face okay well we see that this is the telephone number we see that you called him last so tell me how is it that you called him last and you don't remember why would you have called him why would you have any reason to communicate with this guy because she made it appear as if she didn't have any kind of relationship with the deceased right listen that lawyer would not have done that that lawyer went in there scared because she already knew the history with the grandmother so she said it you know she already knew that the grandmother was going to put some pushback and whatnot she even said about uh debating on putting her up because it was going to come out as if she was a liar lady you gotta be worried about who you trying to defend then Which is worried angel. about the grandmother. Who cares Which about is the angel. grandmother? Yeah, I don't really care about the familial relationship. Right. Like, I'm not, uh, the, uh, you didn't hire me to represent your family. You hired me to represent you in this particular crime. Like, I would have been all up on that. Like, okay, and let's I've been talk a about lawyer, this. me too. 
<laughs> were you, did you smoke marijuana? Did you understand the victim to be a, a, a pusher or the drug or the mm-hmm. marijuana? I, I don't want to even call him a drug, but whatever. Did he sell it? Were you, did you have interaction? How often did you go to the house? Did you right. have re- any reason to go to Like, you need to ask these questions. Like, I get what you're trying to do, but you have a person who can give you absolutely nothing as to why she wasn't there other than the fact that she says, I've never seen the victim. i never seen the house. I know nothing about this code dependent. That's what she says, right? Angel, basically. Yep. So if that's what you're working with, you need to be trying to defend this case. And part of that is doing your due diligence, doing your research to try to figure out who should be on trial other than my client. Right. Even if, even but, if that other person that's going to be implicated is a family member of the, exactly. who I'm trying to defend. At this point, right. I don't care. At this point, I don't even, they're not even family members. I need to defend this person and I need to make sure that I get her not, you know, not guilty. But she Take goes a drink there, to she's that. like, um, the, the lawyer, uh, they have, the state has evidence that you were the last person who spoke to him. If they call you to testify, what will you say? The grandmother was like, that I wouldn't know that number. Exactly. <laughs> and she did it, it was, like that too, that I wouldn't yeah. know that number. <laughs> and so that is the, the gist of it. She talks to the grandfather and yes. the grandfather says. Really nice gentleman. Very nice guy. Yes. Um, he was a handyman of the decedent. Um, and so um, he basically says, she asked him, is there any reason that Angel's fingerprint would be on the great tape, the duct tape? And he basically says, yes, you know, this was my work area where they were standing, which was the garage. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes what would happen is that when Angel came as a toddler or as a kid, he would have her play. He would take pieces of the duct tape, roll it back, give it to her to play with, basically. And so, obviously, that is a justification as to why her fingerprints would be on the duct tape. So, what we do know is, and and, and this is another aspect of this case that really irritated me about the defense, is that what we do know is that that roll of duct tape originated in that house. Right, which is, again, the grandparents, Angel's grandparents. Which is, again, the grandparents, Angel's grandparents. We don't have any indication that Angel had any kind of record as a kid. We know her family has a a history of, of all kind of records. Her mom's in jail since she was six. Gonna be there for God knows how long Forever. because she 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 done she done stole the deputy's gun and shot the deputy in the face. Right? She was all over the news. <laughs> all over the news. We know the grandmother herself has her own record. Right? We know that there her brothers are in one. At least one of her brothers is in jail for something. We don't know why she has an uncle that's in jail. Her family is known to be in jail and in the system, so we know that. But what we do know is that there was no evidence that Angel nope. was involved in any kind of criminal activity, and that is something that was not brought out at the trial. Like you, you, you should be trying to humanize your client. I think at the at the trial, but you don't do that. She didn't do that, um, which was uh, problematic. I think in this particular case But putting that aside um, So that is a justification For the duct tape Did you believe that? Was that something you believe About the duct tape? I do I do because Again like we mentioned Before we even Mentioned that the grandfather Said that Duct tape was something That was used in many households And as an item 
at times to just listen i need you to just do something and leave me alone here here's this duct tape you know because we used to play with it and we used to like you said use it to fix things so he was a, a maintenance guy so if he was repairing plumbing or doing stuff more than likely he was using that duct tape that angel was using you know while she was in the garage with him so yeah i believe yeah. that that is a possibility all right all right, so we get that, and so that is ultimately what the defense runs with, and right, right. basically, all right. So we get to the trial. <clears throat> but before the trial, doesn't the defense try to present the new evidence with the brothers? Well, they don't try to present it. Okay, okay let's back up. So the prosecution presents new evidence okay. that is um, uncovered during the during the time be before Angel's tr trial, and it's a telephone call that's been recorded um, by the brothers, Angel's brothers, okay? One is in jail, at least, I think, as I understand it, and the other one is not, right. because I don't know how two jailmates would phone each other. No, I think he was so, just visiting him. Yeah, um, it was a phone call, So oh, right. and it's recorded. So when you are just FYI, uh, people in jail or going through the system. Most jails record every phone call. Okay, just FYI. <laughs> All right. So putting that aside, um, there was a phone call that was recorded. Um, you want to reenact it? Um, I am. Okay. And so uh, the phone call goes like this. Okay, it's between two brothers, and it was like, "Hey, you know, you you heard about Angel? Right. Like she wrapped up in that." Wrapped up in that, and they said she's wrapped up in murder. And I was like, nah, first of all, how do you not know about your own sister? That goes to show that this family breakdown is, is, yeah. is a problem, okay? Yeah, and he was like, yeah, and it was in 2009. She was 13. Well, he, Think about it. He said it was nine years ago. He didn't say the... Nine years ago, okay. Nine years ago, she was 13. Think about it. Think about it. And I'm like... Yeah, but the other one, the one in jail said, uh-oh. Uh oh, yeah. yeah. Now we don't know anything about that. We don't know what happens because the defense, at least as we see it, defense didn't do anything to investigate it. Nope. Like I would have contacted the brother who was on the phone. I would have tried to go and visit the brother that was in jail. Me too. What does this phone call mean? Tells me. Tell me what what were you all discussing? Did I, you know, I understand there are some problems in the family, as I understand it. You you all may not have the best relationship, but tell me if this is something that can help your sister. Mm -hmm. Tell me, you, you don't have to be a snitch, right? But tell me, what is it? Did, do you think she did this? Are you aware of anything that would connect her to it? Like, and we don't, we get nothing. Yeah. They, they don't even, they don't say anything. All they do is go to Angel and ask her, does she know what could have, you know, what they could have been talking in the conversation. Exactly. And that's where I exactly. felt that, she wasn't being truthful because she says she has no idea what they're talking about. I don't know. The way she said it to me was like, you do know. Well, I, so, so let me just say this. I, I, I don't know. I, I know that there was, um, I know there was tendencies to look at her and think that she was misleading or hiding something. But uh, I, I think there there's other layers to that. I think that there's trauma that she has experienced since she was little. And part of her just decided to shut down anything relating to her family. And so maybe years ago, if they would have came and talked to her, maybe something would have pained her memory. But sometimes when we go through things, we shut those things down as if they never happened. And so 
I don't know if she wasn't being truthful or was this truly uh, aspect of trauma showing up um, in the sense that it just shut down. Like, I mean, I know you've seen some things where people have to go and get hypnotized in order to remember things that happened to, in their life. And so this could have been an example of that. I mean, she left at 13. Like, who leaves at 13 and just go live at with some... I'm not going to say randoms, but they're not family members because your breakdown with your grandma is so bad. It could have been that she saw something, knew of something that happened involving her grandparents mm -hmm. or her grandma, right? And she left as a result of that. Or she was scared. Or maybe her grandma said something to her. Or maybe there's some threats to her daughters. I don't know. Um, I respect so your opinion. But again, like I said, <laughs> I felt that there were times when she was not being truthful. And this mm. is one of the times. I also felt when the mm. lawyer, when the defense lawyer talked to her about the grandmother and asked her, because she asked her at one point, you know, is your grandmother, do you think your grandmother is involved? I also felt that at that moment, she just was not being truthful. That's my personal opinion. That is Denise's personal opinion. And you are, you are entitled to that. I know I am. So All moving right. right on to the moving trial. Moving right on to the trial. Let's go. All right. So we get to the trial. Um, the grandma is called for the, for the prosecution. The wife of the victim is called, of course. Um, and the grandmother is asked, I think she is asked about the phone call. Mm -hmm. um, she disavows any knowledge about the phone call. She that disavows, yeah, basically having anything to do with marijuana. She disavows any of that. The defense, I think they question her. They ask them some kind of softball question, mm -hmm. and that's it, and she's let go, right? Now, let me just tell you, if that was me, oh, she would be on, look, my client might be the one who's the defendant right here. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, through my questioning, the jury is going to know that I suspect you, boo. You. And she would. I, right I would have said that had they actually done that, Shirley would have gotten so pissed that she, that her true colors would have came out. Exactly. Like you need to. This wasn't a family that was close knit. Mm -hmm. So protecting that bond or protecting those two didn't matter. And at the end of the day, who cares if Shirley came off of, as a liar? Because I didn't believe her. I wouldn't have believed her as a defense as a defense team. I when I going and talking to her about the phone call, like you were the prime suspect. Obviously, right. they had something. Um, so your your disavowalment for that is just the fact that you don't remember the number. Like, get the fuck out of here, right. please. Like, let's let's get real with this. And so I would have put her on trial with my questions. Period. Point mm -hmm. blank. The end. Okay. You 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 were identified as the the prime suspect in 2009. Is that right? Correct. All right. They, you, you know that there is evidence to show and that, that you advised the police at that particular time that you had a phone call with the decedent prior to his demise. Is that right? Yes. Do, do your you husband. Have, do, you have, your, do you have the evidence? The, your husband, <laughs> your husband, your husband had access to this house because he was the handyman. Is that right? No. That's right. Okay. Uh, so, you know, yeah. there are connections that you could have made to, to throw off to the jury. Look, the person who needs to be right here next to me 
ain't angel. Nope. <laughs> so you need to look at the fact that the 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 police officers did a shoddy job. They didn't do what they're supposed to do. Had they did their due diligence and investigation, perhaps we would, would not be wasting taxpayer time and dollars and having you sit in the jury pool to do, to try to convict someone who is obviously innocent. Right. Like, let's get to it, boo. Like, yeah. And did we yeah. mention that they were trying both of them together? Yeah, no, we didn't. But yes, they both were tried together. Mallory and Angel. Angel at the same trial, the same jury, not even two different juries, same jury trying both of them on different evidence. Like, there's no way in hell as a as a lawyer that I would that I wouldn't be fighting like tooth and nail to get a segregated child. Uh, there, there's absolutely no way that I would not be doing it. Now, we don't know whether that occurred because, again, they this is... We, they don't mention it. We only get an hour. But it was very clear on early on when they started interviewing the the defense team that they said that they're going to be tried together. Like, fuck that. Mm-mm. Not, no, not, not my client. Like... Mm-mm, let's talk about this. Um, and so the process, the defense brings on the the only person that they put on trial or is put on the stand is the grandfather. The grandfather gives it the story about the tape, how her fingerprints get on there, blah blah blah. Angel is like, I want to go on, mm-hmm. I wanna, like I want to tell my story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what was your thought process on that? I said, put her on. You know, if she wants to tell her story, let her. You know, this is a person that at the time of the crime was 13 years old. And now as a 21, 22 year old, she sounds like, listen, I'm not going to jail for a crime that I did not commit. Put me up there to testify. There's nothing they can say or do that's going to, you know, not make me say my truth. That's what I felt. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I you know, as a lawyer, I know there's a lot of things um that you have to consider. There's a lot of risk factors that you take when you put your client on the stand, particularly in a criminal defense case. There are a lot of things that you have to to think about in that in that capacity. But I just feel like they had nothing. They had nothing. I mean, we have evidence that your client's fingerprints were on the sticky side of the tape. And the only evidence you present, God God bless him. I'm not saying he's a liar. It's the grandfather. Yeah. But I, I, it, it does it doesn't mesh, and you don't do a good job no, of all. putting doubt in the jury's mind about who else could have been there. I mean, we don't hear anything about the size of her. We don't hear that she's a thirteen year old. We don't hear any of that, and we would not hear any of that because she didn't go understand, and they did not use the grandfather appropriately, and they did not go after the grandma appropriately at just point blank period of the end. That's just my opinion. Yeah, there's so now, many things they could have done. She was in school that day. Go, go exactly. make sure you go to the Let's school go get records, the records and Let's find go out get the records. Hello, where was she at? Hello, let's do this walk. Let's get an expert up in here to talk exactly. about how long it would take. Even if walking at a fast pace, how long it would take. What kind of bus routes were available or not available at the time, which means that they would have had to walk. Okay, let's talk about the cab. Were there any cab companies at that time who said that they actually took her or took Mallory to the crime scene? Like, you don't have anything. You didn't do your due diligence. I just, I, it, it's, it frustrates me um, sitting there look at it okay so we do all this and we hear the verdict so there's two verdicts right there's a verdict for mallory mallory is found what not guilty 
not guilty. I mean, come on. They bring the, on his case, the only person they bring to testify is his cousin. Right. Who, Just who wanted to get, a, a, a shorter sentence. <laughs> we tried to get a shorter sentence in here. Talk about his, his old cousin told me he killed the man. Okay, whatever. Putting that aside, that's all the evidence he got. Then we hear angels. And what is angels' verdict? Guilty. Guilty. And she is sentenced to what? 60? Is it 60 years? 60 years in jail. Heartbreaking. 60 years in jail. Yep. Horrible, man. Horrible. And she could have been tried. And, and and let's make this clear. Even though she's an adult now, because the crime occurred when she was a teenager, she technically could have been tried as a teenager. But the court, for whatever reason, determined that they wanted to try her as an adult. Um, and so that I think that put her at a disadvantage in and of itself. Um, and I just felt like she should have testified. I think yeah, that there needed it. to be a humanistic uh, um, component placed to that. And quite frankly, I think I would have, I'm not saying they didn't do this, but I think I would have communicated to her that your best option may not be to have a jury of your peers. Your best option might be to do a bench trial. And that means to just let the judge, who who should be efficient enough to determine and weigh the evidence, determine if there's sufficient evidence to tie this person to the actual crime, um, than taking your chances with a jury. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of would have been my opinion about that. But yeah, so that is that case, um, well, cold case killer or innocent teenage update. girl. We do have an update. What's the update? She filed an appeal, uh, she did. which was granted. However, they did not, They, I guess they set up tr- a trial for it, but it was during covid a hearing. A hearing, I'm trial. sorry. And they mm-hmm. had to cancel it because of COVID. So they have not been able to set up a new hearing. There is, yeah. though, campaigns out there um, to try to help her financially. Um, because, of course, the kids and the fees that all this have involved and whatnot. So if you guys yeah. want to Google it or look at it, it's Angel Bump Pass. And it's A&E accused guilty or innocent all right so we've been talking for a moment so that is the episode for today episode 32 cold case killer or innocent teenage, teenage girl. girl angel bumpers go and look at that episode i think it is a good episode and if you have any teenage kids it is a great episode to watch with them so that they can see how the smallest things can tie you to the biggest crime crime or the biggest thing that you have to face as an adult um so yeah so um be sure to check us out on facebook at peeps creek cafe um you can look us up and see us in action on youtube um at youtube.com backslash peeps creek podcast you can hit us up on instagram twitter and tiktok we do have a new tiktok um you know, we're trying to do a little few things here and there. Um, at Peeps Creek, you see that right there on the um, video screen. Um, you can send us a text message. You can shoot the shit with us. Tell us you like us, you don't like us, what have you. 202-618-0043. You can send us an email at cafe at peepscreek.com. Um, and visit our website. There are links there. 
um, even in our bios for Instagram. Um, and if you want to be so kind, you can go ahead and buy us a coffee. Um, there's an option where you can do some donations. And I want to give a shout out to all those individuals. We actually we see credit fit quite a few donations and I really appreciate that. We are using that to um, get us some some coffees during this process when we are talking um, and improving the podcast. So I appreciate those individuals who actually um, supported us that way. And even if you don't support financially, you don't have to. The simplest thing would be to retreat us, repost us, actually go and listen, actually go and look because Every minute, every second matters and account for um, success. And we're trying to do something to positive. And so we appreciate those individuals who actually support us um, on a regular. Yes. And if you just want to buy this beautiful co-host coffee and not buy Sean, that's perfectly fine as well. You can just go ahead and do that on the website. www.peepscreek.com. All right. Make sure that you sign up for the newsletter. We won't spam your inbox. It would be like once a month. We'll send you a little quick little inspirational newsletter. Very short to the point. Um, But that is the episode today. Episode 32. Once again, cold case killer or innocent teenage girl. And until next time, continue to drink, listen, and converse. Peace and love.